This is the MDRT Podcast. Advisors have many abilities that may not be known to clients and can pay off in unexpected ways, from singing talent to a knack for being very persistent. During a conversation at MDRT headquarters before the pandemic, Xiao Chen, Clarina Hills, Illinois. Maria J. Garcia, Riverside, Illinois. Stacy Kahn, Skokie, Illinois. Chad DeMar, Rockford, Illinois. Discuss the unknown skills that have paid dividends. Since I was little, I've been dancing, and it's all kinds of music, but particularly salsa, you know. And it's like I've had a bad meeting with a client or just a bad day. I go home, turn on the music, and I just dance, you know, <laughs> dance away. And it's surprising how they just, you know. If you find her dancing in yeah. the street, she's at her room. <laughs> <laughs> Has the dancing overlapped in any way with your business at any time or with clients? I get invited to a lot of weddings and cotillions. <laughs> Just to that point, you know, it's like when you have a good relationship with your clients, it's like they know you're there for them. You get pulled into their family. You get pulled into the family where, honestly, I'm single. I don't have any children. I know not married. And my brother's staying with me right now, and he cooks for me, and just great brother. And then I'll tell him, I said, you really don't have to cook for me because my clients feed me. And then he's like, what do you mean they feed you? It's like, sometimes I just show up and dinner's waiting for me. I'm going to see them. And it's such an awesome feeling. And then he turns around and says, oh, they just feel sorry for you. It's like, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good feeling because, again, then you get invited to the weddings, to the cotillions, to the baptismal. And then they're like, oh, you have to meet this person. You have to meet. So I think it just comes together for a circle for me. You know, it's like, And I just show them, you just kind of show them, this is who I am. I don't have to hide. This is who I am, you know. I'm not a party girl. I am just in, know how to enjoy myself when the time is given. As far as unique background goes, I am a singer. Oh. So prior to my career in financial services, actually I've been singing since the age of four. And I'm kind of like, so I was, during my younger days, I made it pretty far into the Chinese version of American Idol. So in the Chicago's local Chinese community, I'm kind of like a celebrity without the big paychecks, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, so when I first started doing this business, everybody that I come across, they know me as a singer. There was a time because I've talked to my mentor, I've talked to my colleagues, some of them said, hey, keep on singing. You know, keep on doing the same because I, I used to sing at different kind of events, different shows. And then there's some others say, you know, you got to change your brand because if all people are going to see is the singer, they're not going to view you as the financial services guy, you know, you know, so. And then I found out lately because it's, it's all about you. It's about making people getting to know you. It doesn't really matter what company you're with or what products you have is what they buy is they buy you. So I started hosting different gatherings, uh, uh, parties. At these parties, I don't really talk about anything financially, financial services. So I just talk and then I, of course, I sing at those parties and, you know, so. And then I think and maybe some of those, those people, they'll always view me as a singer, which is fine. I still get to keep their friendship. And actually in the recent years, about my fifth or sixth years into the industry, there are some of the people who started calling me. They say, hey, Xiao, are you still doing financial services? I need to sit down with you. And actually some of them became one of my biggest clients. And actually, in two weeks, one of my clients, he's doing a cabaret show in Chicago, and he invited me to be a part of the show. I've never done one before, but it's something I look forward to. So. What do you sing at these events? 
if it's a Chinese community, I, I usually do some Chinese folk songs or pop songs. But if it's like the American, so for the genre that I sing is pop and and some R and B. So yeah, and I still have a YouTube channel. It's not compliant, but <laughs> I have my old singing videos on there. So <laughs> what is it? Just search for my name, Shao Shao Chen. Oh, oh, Chen. Okay. Yeah, and then you, you'll find it. I feel like we shouldn't move on before asking you to serenade us a little bit. I'm trying to think what a song would be a, would be appropriate for this. Um, um, see what song like uh, I can sing the one verse of the this fa- famous song called I, I just called to say I love you. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it goes like No New Year's Day to celebrate. No chocolate cover candy hearts to give away. No first of spring, no song to sing. In fact, it's just another ordinary day. Stevie Wonder, yeah. (laughs) I would say I've spent a lot of my life working hard in the insurance business. I have traveled the world over the last 20 years. Uh, I found that to be the way to understand people and cultures as we walk in and out of businesses and different people to be able to relate. As we're rebuilding our website, I think what may, it may not be different, but what, as I've I had a journalist interview my clients for testimonials, which is really the biggest part of our new website that will be coming out in a couple of weeks, is most people say I'm a little bit of a pain in the rear end. And I'm sure all of us are, but at the end of the day, when I know someone needs it, can afford it, and cares enough, we make sure it gets done. So I'll give you an example. It actually is my husband's best friend who's a manufacturer. He owns a big company with 100 employees. And that 15 years ago, I was in his office, and I said, you have to buy a big disability policy. You have four children. Your business is doing fabulously, and you can afford to do this. He said, I'm not doing it. And I said to him, I'm not leaving here until I have a check in my hand. And I sat there with my hand out, and I said, go into your CFO now and get me a check. And a year later, I get a call. He broke his neck getting out of the ocean in Mexico. He is a quadriplegic. I sold him at that time, which there aren't too many of these left, a lifetime policy with the cost of living rider of 5%. And he has something called a presumptive claim because he has a total loss of two limbs. Although today that's how the contracts read. They used to be recoverable, no longer. And I knew I did the right thing because I see him often. But with disabilities, a lot of things happen that cost additional money. You got to redo your house. And many times you redo your family. And what do I mean by that? Most problems that are that big in families, the marriages don't work, the kids split apart, and basically that somewhat happened in his life too. And it's our job to at least financially lessen that burden for them to be able to heal and hold their families together and show gratitude over time and I get often as tomorrow we have a photo shoot for our new website and he's one of my six clients that are coming in to show us 
the respect and actually we did something that was so good that he'll have for the rest of his life and I think that's what we actually do and I am a pain in the rear end but what was it that made him go ahead and give you that check was there anything you said or what closed it for you I looked at him and said you need it you can afford it and you got to do it now and then I shut up I try to be a woman of fewer words and I waited and a lot of times what we do, we make people a little uncomfortable to where they act. Otherwise, they want to think about it and they just, it's hard to write a check. Listen, if we love our products, we all have a lot of insurance and we write big checks. And we have to believe in what we do for ourselves before we can have that conversation with our clients. So are we calling your hidden talent being very persistent? Yes, <laughs> kindly persistent, but very persistent. Man, it's come behind the dancer and the singer. I, I, <laughs> I always call myself a quiet conservative. I don't really have any crazy talents. My technology field was very strong and I'm good with relationships and love my kids and travel as much as possible. But I don't have anything in particular. I don't dance in the street. I don't sing on stage, not without a few cocktails in me. And, but if we were going to explain an instance, as you, Stacy, probably remember in New York Life, they have different level of counsel and things that you go off to. And I remember going to one of those and one of the chairman's council agents used to be a news anchor for a television station and she lost her job and by nature just started as a New York Life agent. And uh, she said, I was never really connected to the job. I just did it. I was okay at it. I wasn't great. She goes, until that one moment where the light bulb came on. So I'll just kind of explain my light bulb moment. And so I had an orphan, as, as they call him in our spot, where you know an agent leaves and you've got somebody out in space who does not have an agent taking care of them. And I had another agent who had gotten a hold of this lady out of Algonquin. And we had called and scheduled an appointment for her to come in and I was walking around the office as I don't normally present myself to the client prior to. I let somebody else do that because I want to be the person that enters the room last. And uh, unfortunately, I ran into the lady before the meeting and she had both of her arms crossed and her foot was tapping. And she was impatient. And it was one of those impatient clients. And she said, I'm here to meet with this other agent. And I said, well, you're also meeting with me because we want to make sure that we're giving you good uh, service. And I uh, got into the room with the other agent, sat there. The client and her husband are both just ready to go. I mean, they were ready to fight. They were not happy. They weren't given the service that they thought that they should have been provided. They had talked to other agents through the years and had asked for some assistance and no follow through. And... I remember her first statements out of her mouth were, why am I here? I said, well, you came, so you honestly have some questions and things and concern. I wanna make sure you're being taken care of. By the end of the meeting, we were all great friends. They were telling me either they were heading out of here and going to Home Depot, they were laughing. It was uh, a good time. And, and when I walked down the hall, one of the other agents goes, I ran into them when they came into the room and they asked, why are we here? Get me the agent. They were very irate. How did you get them to calm down? I said, well, it's just relating to them. 
But it wasn't the end of the story because they had asked me to follow through with some things. And I had been working on the case and preparing some stuff for them. It was a very small case in the beginning. And I had called the client up as I said I would on the date that I said I would. And I asked the client if we could get together. And she said, no, my husband's in the hospital. And I go, well, is everything okay? As you learn not to say now. Well, no, honey, he's in the hospital. So I said, <laughs> I said, well, that was a very dry statement back to me. We've got trouble. So I said, I'm just going to reach back out to you in a couple of weeks. I send my prayers and I hope everything is okay going forward. Well, what I had not known was that he was ill. And she really just wanted to make sure that she had everything in order, but she hadn't explained that to me. And so it had gone about three or four weeks and I had called and she said, yeah, we're in a good place. He's home and let's get together. Do you have all the stuff? Yes. And then I showed up to the meeting and he was jaundiced and he had lost, oh, probably 25, 30 pounds just in the three to six weeks that I had seen him. And I said to myself, oh my God, he's dying. And at that point I knew where I was in the middle of and so I had brought to him what he had wanted. I didn't give him any more. I gave him what he wanted. And as we went through the process, he kept giving me more. What he was doing is he was basically just hiring me to make sure that I was going to take care of his wife because for years he had built and done these things on his own, which I found later he wasn't that great at. But that's okay because some people are A-type and they want to take care of their own finances. And about a week later, he wound up back in the hospital and I met her in the hospital and went upstairs to the room, got everything in order. Once everything got into place, it was about a week later, he passed away. And I mean, the great thing about the story was while I was sitting down in the hospital, she said, you're my guy. I need you to be here. We've been left without an agent and you better be here, I'm gonna hold you accountable to this because you are now taking care of me going forward. So that was my moment where it was like, okay, I can't leave the business now. I've built, and I look for those moments everywhere and those are my dance moves, right? I'm looking for that thing that wipe away the thing that ruined the day, find the thing in the day that made what you were giving back. Much like you forcing him to purchase the disability you didn't know it at the time, but you knew it was important, and it ha and and the event happened. And thank God you got to him without you know letting it go. It seems like your hidden talent is being able to read people well. Not everyone is so intuitive. Well, I mean, with your statement, with you know, how do you deal with somebody who's complaining? I just let them talk. You just talk. They just want to talk it out. They want you to hear them. They want acknowledgement for what's going on. You just let them talk. Let them get mad at you. Because you find in this business, as long as they're still talking, they're still interested in you. They just want you to fix it. If they're not talking to you anymore, you've got a problem. That's the end of this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify at MDRT Podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.